Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping safe and well. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes. We're on Audio Boom, Spotify. We're across all major audio platforms. We're on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And we are back talking about a Tottenham win, which is actually a nice feeling to say. It's been a while since we've had a Tottenham win on this show. And joining me, I've got a wonderful esteemed panel looking back as Spurs are one foot into the round of 16. So pleased to welcome to the show, I've got Mr Cracknells back in the house. Rich, how are you? Yes, evening, Ricky. Evening, everybody. Tuning in. That's how old I am, tuning into a podcast. <laughs> oh, I'll be talking about video. Oh, I watched the game. I videotaped it earlier on Betamax. <laughs> oh, Rick, and nice to be back with a win. A, oh, exactly. a win. And not only a win, look, my timeline went, oh, calm down, crackers. Like, they're seventh in the Austrian League, blah, blah. But look. Given what we've had lately and given the type of football we've had lately and that first half, yep. that is a lifeboat to climb into after the shipwreck, isn't it? It just, it, it was some relief, wasn't it? It was yep. just, it was just lovely, lovely, lovely to see. But I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it. You've got other people to speak to, but I'm happy. I'm happy, happy, happy. It's just nice to have seen that and be a little bit excited. Thank you very much, Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, nice, isn't it, to be talking about a win on this show? It feels like I say it's been a, been a while. The wonderful Chris Cowling's back on the last one on Spurs. Chris, a win to talk about. How are you, firstly? Yeah, very well, Rick. Uh, you know, glad, as Cracker said, glad to get the win. You know, 4-1 tonight. I know you said we're one foot there. I think we're both feet there, actually. Um, you oh. know, I think we're going to be through. Um, very comfortable tonight. Very comfortable first half. Good attacking front foot football. Uh, you know, exactly what we wanted to see. And it's so nice to see Gareth Bale and Deli Ali back. And, you know, I said on our WhatsApp group before the game started, it's about them two taking their opportunities tonight. And I believe that both of them done exactly that. 
Yeah, no, you're right. It's nice seeing both of them back involved and, you know, playing their part, really. We'll be coming on to those performances very, very soon of those guys. And also pleased to have back on the show, as I mentioned, the brilliant Jason McGovern's in the house. Jace, how are you? Absolutely delighted, mate. Was was everything that I like to see, isn't it? Go away from home, score four, play on the front foot, Delhi nutmegging people, Gareth over the shimmy, quality goals. Mm. I know it's Wolfsburger, but it's a lot better than watching some of the turgid stuff that we've had to watch. So that, that's what we wanted. And you you build on that. And let's hope Sunday we build on that. Yeah. George, I actually going to start the show with you because, all right, you know, sloppy in the second half at times, but overall, as you mentioned there, a very good professional performance, a lot more enjoyable to watch going forward, which I think is the most pleasing thing on the eye. As Chris said, Bale and Delhi playing with a point to prove and both maybe giving Jose Mourinho decisions to make for the future now. And I said, you know, one foot, in the round of 16. Chris reckons we've got both feet in there. Sum up that performance for you, Jace, overall. I think we've got both feet and both arms and the head inside it, mate. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's done and dusted all over. Um, you know, and, and the, the nice thing with, with winning in that way is that I don't know who the Premier League, I forget who the Premier League game is next weekend, but you can rest Son, you can rest Kane, you can rest and Dombele, you can rest them all next Thursday night and you should still be able to see a, a comfortable progress. So that, that's the main thing. But yeah, it was, um, you're right, it was just just nice to see us play with a bit of freedom, a bit of expression, good for the confidence of Bell, good for the confidence of Lucas Moura, Sonny got his goal. Uh, and I thought Delhi, Delhi had a really good 60, probably 60 minutes, a really good 60 minutes where, where he looked a little bit like the old Delhi, didn't he? And he, he had the confidence to try a few things and, and that's what we want. So overall, you've got to be happy with that. Go away from home. We haven't won a UEFA Cup away game for a long, long time as a knockout game. So to go away and win 4-1, yes, it's Wolfsburger, but it doesn't, I don't care who the opposition is. It's just that, that feeling tonight, you've got away on 1-4-1. I totally agree. Rich, coming round to you, you know, Wolfsburg, much closer really to the level of opposition you'd probably find in the group stage, or dare I say, even the qualifiers. But nonetheless, lots of positives for Spurs, you know, the likes of Bale and Delhi, And maybe we can understand why Jose said after the Chelsea game that they needed this competition to restart. Do you feel in a way, Rich, for confidence levels, it is a massive, massive lift now going into a huge game at the weekend against West Ham? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Chris very, uh, very kindly invited me on to his YouTube show. And I said so much uh, to him as well, but it was that little break away from the Premier League, almost like a married couple going through a few uh, few marriage problems and let's get away for the weekend to Budapest and, uh, and see if we can have a couple of days to sort ourselves out. And we did. And, you know, I'll say again, but yes, and as everybody said, it was Wolfsburger. But look at the attitude that we played with in that first 45 minutes, the pressing and the hunger and the desire and the little tricks and the little flicks and the double nutmeg from Delhi. That's what we want to see. That's what we want. And you know what? They... Listen, 75% of the times, 60, 75% of the times, they don't come off. Yeah, they, they, like, but but they're normally somewhere around the halfway line, getting towards the final third. We get ourselves together at the back and we deal with it. But when they do come off and they do come off that other 30% of the time, all of a sudden we're in and we're getting a shot off. And tonight we saw... But a couple of those 
go in, you know, and Bell, take Bell this evening against Man City, that little shimmy and taking a couple of players on and the shot he got off in the 72nd minute was the only highlight of that game. But that is what Bell can do. And Bell done what Bell can do tonight by sending the Wolfsburger defender out. Literally, he had to pay to get back in, didn't he, that Wolfsburger defender? <laughs> I thought he was going to come back with a giant Coke and a hot dog. He sent him so far out. But that's what he can do. Let him do it. Just yeah. get him on the pitch and let him do that. Because if he does that, even in the Premier League, that's a goal. That's a goal. And goals win games. So, please, Jose, I beg you, I'm begging you, please, let Bal and Delhi go and do that. Let them go and express themselves. I put up a little tweet earlier, Rick, um, from the film Forrest Gump. You know the, the, the bit where Forrest, unfortunately, he's wearing the leg calipers yeah, and yeah. he's being chased. And he starts running and they bust off and he finds he can actually run and he goes at speed. And that's what Spurs were like. They just seemed yeah. to have been so restricted. And then tonight it was like the calipers busting off in Forest Gump and away we went. And like tonight I actually had my bum on the edge of the seat. And I was like, when Delhi done that double nutmeg, I'm like, God, it was like a goal. It felt like a goal because we'd just been so starved of any of that. Just to see it was just, it was like taking horrible, uncomfortable shoes off. It was just, it was magnificent. And that's what I want to see from Tottenham. Please, Jose, I am begging you, please do that. Chris, do you reckon those thoughts? I mean, I know second half, there were some wobbly moments in there defensively. I know people will be shouting and screaming, saying, well, hold on a second for all the good stuff Sutton did. There were still some negatives in there that we still haven't quite shaken off. The individual errors, uh, the mistakes that are still in this squad, should I say, not just the 11, the team. But for you, Chris, were you happy overall with that display? Yeah, I think uh, the defensive side of things and all of the mistakes, they're not going to go away overnight. But I think that you have to take all of the positives out of today. Uh, you know, Tottenham to play good attacking football. You know, when you look back over the last few weeks of losing uh, to Liverpool, Chelsea, Brighton, and, you know, not just losing, but the performances being so poor, so dull. Um, and, and and now to come back and, and play that attacking style, even though we lost at Everton, which, of course, we're all gutted about and going out of the FA Cup. But to play attacking football again is exactly what we all want to see. You know, fans' favourites, Deli Ali and Gareth Bale, we all want to see them do very well. We've been waiting all season to see some magic from, uh, from, from Gareth Bale. And, you know, it's taken to February to get to that point. Uh, you know, fantastic finish from him today. Deli Ali back with the flicks, as Crackers said. You know, it, it's, it's great to see him back to, um, you know, he, his old self. And I think that you do have to take all of the positives. I know a lot of people listening to this show will probably say, yeah, but it's Wolfsburger. You know, they're the lowest ranked team in the Europa League but you've still got to beat these teams you've still got to put the performances in you've still got to put the shifts in and particularly after our um, you know very poor performances and poor results of late you know it's about getting the job done and I know we've, we've said that term a lot on this show about getting the job done but that was what it was all about today and, and, and taking the confidence from today into an extremely important Premier League game on Wednesday. But what really impressed me tonight is from the off, Jose Mourinho put a very, very strong team out. Um, you know, Hugo Lloris in goal as well. And uh, it was about getting the job done. And, and, and he'd done exactly that. And, and I love the fact that before the game, 
Jose was talking about the Super Cup, thinking that we're going to win this trophy. He's got real belief that we're going to go all the way to the final and win this trophy. And uh, I've said from the, the very off of this season that, that I think that we'll get into the final of the League Cup and the Europa League. I know Jason's just about to pull a face thinking that I'm talking about trophies and I'm not getting carried away. I'm not getting carried away. Um, but, you know, it's performances like this that you, that you realise that Jose Mourinho is the type of manager he is and that's why he's delivered so many trophies. And but I won't, this, but, but yeah. don't worry, Jason, I won't say the trophies are coming just yet. No, I mean, it's one of those things where, again, you know, you think that any trophy Spurs defensively are going to have to be much, much stronger. Let's take a flavour of some listener statements that have come in. Stuart Carter says 4-1 away is a good result. Switched up in the second half, which was poor, but some good performances overall. The likes of Bale, Deli Lucas. We just look so poor at the back. You can understand why Jose parks the bus. We are like a sieve. Slick Dog says great going forward, but shocking again at the back. They hit the bar twice. Antonio will be looking forward to bullying that back line on Sunday have to ask yourselves what on earth is happening in training when it comes to the defensive side of our game. J.A. Stites says, anyone think our defence was just plainly awful? Could have conceded easily three goals. Leaves me with little confidence Spurs can beat West Ham on Sunday. Jeff Lee Pandro says, decent start, awful second half. Sissoko and Winks lost more and more control as the match wore on. Could have easily gotten the game to 3-2. I really want to be positive looking ahead to West Ham, but I'm finding it difficult to do so. So we're going to come on to, I say, some of those points as we go on this show. But just to go on the back of what Chris said there, team news in on this one, Jose Mourinho brought Deli Ali Gareth Bale back into his Tottenham Hotspur starting lineup as the Portuguese made a number of changes to his team. Harry Kane left at home, but quite crucially, as we understand, Harry Kane not injured, just rested. Pierre-Emerick Hoybier and Tungi Ndombele starting on the bench. We saw Harry Winks and Musa Sissoko take up the two central midfield roles, which, um, to be fair, when that was announced, you can imagine the reaction in social media. While Eric Dyer and Toby Adevaro were in the centre of the defence with Matt Doherty at right back, Humin Son started up top with Carlos Vinicius on the bench. And a number of young players also made that bench and travelled. Jamie Bowden, Dane Scarlett and Marcel Lavinia amongst those players. And to be fair, coming around to you, Jace, that was exactly the start Spurs needed. Some important touches in the build-up from Delhi, Doherty and Bell, but really well finished by Son to give us the perfect start ahead of this one. Yeah, and it's, I, I didn't realise he'd only scored one in... One in ten or something, Sonny. So he has been on a on a on a disappointing run of form for him. But it's important, you know, to, to get that goal. And so often in the past, let's be honest, and I don't want to mean it in the the sense of oh, I love Pochettino or whatever. But in those early days of Pochettino, when Kane wasn't fit and missed games, Sonny used to play as the central striker and invariably score, and we won games. And so it was really nice to to see that tonight. And you don't see Sonny score with a diving header too often, do you? So I think the only other one was, was it Brighton at home at Wembley? I think might have been a, a diving header from Sonny, but he needed a goal. And, and that was a good thing. The, the players that needed that confidence of a goal got their goals tonight. And that, that's, that was even more important for us. So, but, you know, when people are saying we could have let in two, yeah, we could have let in two and we were winning three, two. We could have let in three and we'd have won four, three. Or... We could have scored one, gone into the low block, parked the bus, conceded a free kick late on and drawn the game 1-1. So what's the better way to go? So I don't care how many goals we look like we will let in, just play on the front foot and give those attacking players the best chance of success. And if we do that, yes, we might lose 4-5 to Everton, 
but we, you know, we lost one nil at home to Chelsea without having a go. So, you know, I wasn't angry even at the Everton game last. I was more angry Luke drawing at home to Fulham and losing at home to Chelsea than I was losing 5-4 to Everton. Yeah. So I, I don't mind. Just just that's what I want to see us do. And and credit to Jose the last with the West Brom game. I think it's hard to do that against Manchester City, in fairness to him, because Manchester City just dominate the ball. So you can't do that against Manchester City. But against West Brom and against tonight. We haven't seen the three central midfield players. He's picked players to attack. And we've gone and attacked and we score four goals and we score four goals last Wednesday. That's what I want to see. And, and Crackers summed it up absolutely perfectly. It's interesting because like you said there about Son, Jase, he hasn't been in the greatest of goal-scoring form. Chris, to come round to you on Son, have you been concerned about his form? I mean, we know Son. Um, I have to say under Pochettino that, you know, he was one of the players that almost carried Tottenham when Harry Kane was out injured. It seems that for some, he's been very dependent on Harry Kane this season. Is that a concern for you in general, Chris, or is that the way he's been asked to play, do you think, to a certain degree? Well, in fairness, Rick, I think that us Tottenham fans and Tottenham Hotspur Football Club are very, very dependent on Harry Kane and Hunmin Son. Um, it's a worry for me that you take both of them out of the team. And, uh, you know, many pundits have said recently that Tottenham are a very average team without both of them. And when we see the likes of, you know, Hunmin Son and Harry Kane not on the pitch for the start of the second half, I think that that's where it all went wrong because we just didn't have that that focal point of, of either of them two on the pitch. Um, I'm never worried about Hunmin Son's form, no, because, you know, you know, in, in a second of magic, he can spark something up and, and he'll get that assist or get that goal. You know, I'd never, ever worry about them two. The, the the one thing that would worry me is when they're not in the team, them two, because we know what magic they can bring. Um, and it's about players stepping up when they're not there. Um, and that's why I was very, very pleased to see in that first half that the likes of Deli Ali and, and Gareth Bale did step up because there will be games that Hunmin Son and Harry Kane will, will miss. And we need to have those players and we need to feel that confidence. And most of all, Jose Mourinho needs to feel that confidence that when they're not there, other players are going to come in um, and step up and, and play equally as well and deliver. And it's always about delivery. Um, I'm glad that Harry Kane had the rest tonight, um, you know, because it's a very, very important game on Sunday. You know, I can't stress how important that game is that Tottenham Hotspur need a win. You know, it's, it's all well and good winning tonight. And, and, it's, and it's great and it's very positive about winning tonight. But that game on Sunday is absolutely huge. You know, we have lost so many games in the Premier League lately. We're yeah. slipping down that Premier League table. Mm. We've said many times as well that it's a board requirement about finishing top four. We must get that Champions League place next season um, or certainly a Europa League place. Um, but Hunmin Son, you know, very, very glad that he got that goal and very glad that, that Gareth Bale got the assist tonight. Rich, coming over to you. Hummin Son replaced at half time, even that much needed rest ahead of Sunday. Was that quite, you know, was that standard from Jose Mourinho? Do you think that was the right thing to do at half time, taking Son off? Because I think we do need him definitely for Sunday, of course. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a balancing act, isn't it? And uh, and Sonny going off um, was was quite telling, but um, I, I don't think it was just Sonny going off. I, I think that there was players, as Glenodo alluded to earlier. Started taking one or two touches too many. Um, Sissoko and Winks in the middle is never really ideal. So, I mean, you know, you, you had a listener point about uh, the game coming up at the weekend. There's some Dumbele and Hoiberg back in now uh, versus West Ham. And it's not going to be Sissoko 
and Winks. So you know, and 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 Hoiberg and and uh, and Dembele are, are a massive step up from from them too. So I don't, you know, Son, Sonny going off wasn't ideal, but it was a balancing act, and and it worked tonight, and it should have worked against a team like Wolfsburg. You should be able to rest a player like Sonny and leave Kane at home and let him have his his feet up because. As we progress further and further into this uh, Europa Cup, hopefully, barring an absolute disaster next Wednesday, then we are going to have to play Son and Kane for a whole 90 minutes and then again in the Premier League. So you've got to give them their rest while you can. Um, And, you know, again, points that was made there with the defence still looking creaky. They are. So, like I said earlier, don't go low block and have a defence you've got not, not much confidence in facing 25, 20, 25 shots. Get on the front foot and make sure that they're only facing maybe 10 or 12 shots. And then you're cutting down the amount of uh, mistakes that they potentially have to make. It's not, it's not rocket science, you know. I mean, we're yeah. not putting um, like land, landing vehicles on Mars here like NASA are today. It's just it's simple. Just protect your defence by not exposing them. It's not hard until such time as we get a defence sorted. You're going to have to go against what you normally do, Jose, and, um, and play like we did today on the front foot and, and, and keep the ball... On the halfway line, don't let the team over the halfway line. We've got the players to do it. Just do that. It's simple. It's it's not hard, Rick. Yeah, no, I agree. One of the players that, of course, is one of the headliners from this game is Gareth Bale. Now, to be fair, um, his goal, that was one of the first moments this season that has really looked like the old Gareth Bale, the Bale that we know and love from his time at Spurs the first time around. And that's what he does. And, you know, Jay's coming around to you. It was a lovely goal. He got down the right got onto Doherty's pass and, you know, lovely cut inside before crashing a shot past the keeper. I mean, again, people will then say, you know, the caveat of the opposition about the level, but that was a really encouraging display by Gareth Bale. The question obviously is, Jace, can he now follow that up? Will he be given the opportunity to follow that up? What did you make of the Welshman's performance? Uh, uh, I'd be surprised if he starts West Ham. Um, so I'm not so sure, but, Hopefully, we've seen enough that he can come on and for more than the, the last two minutes of injury time or something like that. That if if the game isn't going to plan, you can think, OK, he comes on at 55, 60 minutes and, and tries to do something for us. Um, I thought he started the game actually a little bit sloppy. A couple of times the ball went to him and he, he lost really cheap possession. And I thought, oh, come on, Gareth, you know, th- this is why you're not playing games. But. But I think that the, the cross for, for Sonny's goal got him got him going. And then it was a wonderful, good play from Matt Doherty, who's, let's be honest, we, we've given him plenty of stick all season. So it was nice to see him contributing something to the to the display with a good ball. And then it was, you're right, it was all about Bow and then just that whip finish. And we've wanted to see that all season, haven't we? And, you know, it's the games that, you know, I think I said to Chris the other night, you know, when he scored against Wickham, Stoke and, and Wolfsburger, we wanted Gareth to make that that contribution to the Chelsea game, the Manchester City games, the Liverpool games. So there's still some way to go for Gareth, but it's just nice to see him 
have the confidence, try and do something like that. And, and, and you're right, we all jumped out of our seat and, and we'll probably overreact to it in a way and think it was uh, almost a Champions League winning goal. But it's just nice to see that expression and nice to see that talent still there. Totally agree. Chris, after the game, Jose Mourinho was asked about the possibility of Bale starting on Sunday against West Ham. He says, I know that the match is at 12pm, but I believe he has a chance to play. Let's wait. He's also the kind of player also who is experienced and has feelings that are very important, just like Harry Kane. We've got a question here from Thomas Norris, who also says, do you think on the back of that display, Chris, Gareth Bale warrants the start against West Ham on Sunday? Uh, I'm with Jace. I don't think that he will start, um, unfortunately. Um, but I think that, you know, in the form that he was in tonight, you know, if you need a goal or, or, or we need a game changer, 20, 30 minutes to go in the game, then Gareth Bale is going to be your man. And uh, this is why he was brought in. That's why we were all excited about Gareth Bale coming back, because, you know, he is that player who should be a game changer in the Tottenham squad. So whether it be starting or whether it be sub, I'm sure he will play some sort of part um, in that game on Sunday and let's hope so and let's hope that tonight he can really build on tonight's performance and his goal and, and, and get that confidence up a little bit and take it forward into the Premier League games because as I keep saying you know the, the season's quite far in now we, we are in February and the, the season finishes in May there's only three months left and uh, you know it's now time to step up and, and, and let's see that little bit more from him and uh, I think tonight is the start and let's hope that he builds on it Can I just ask the boys Rick? Yep if you could only pick one of the two, who did enough tonight, Bale or Delhi? Oh, I would say probably Bale. I thought Delhi tired in the second. I agree. What you guys think? I agree. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, very much. Yeah, De- yeah, he's, uh, yeah, Bale. Um, yeah, he's t- he's a tough one, isn't it? It's uh, you you think to yourself give Delhi a bit of a run. Mm. And uh, let let's see what happens. Listen, but, you'd, like um, you'd like them both in the team, wouldn't you? Really, the way we're way we're playing at the moment, you wouldn't you wouldn't argue about well, maybe bringing well, both. The, the great thing is, is it is a huge positive for both of them because as yeah. I keep saying, game changers mm. on the bench. If you need game changers on the bench, and you you're having full confidence then in Deli Ali and Gareth Bale to come on mm. and change the game at West Ham, huge positive, huge positive. And I know we're all talking about the. Uh, the opponents today, Wolfsburger, you know, lowest uh, ranked team in the Europa League, but you can only beat what's in front of you. And it was, it was good performances by both of them tonight. It's interesting because after the game again, Mourinho said on both Bow and Delhi, come around to you, Rich, he said, I believe they were both positive. I took Gareth off. I know in this process that it's not easy to play 90 minutes. Delhi worked hard. He got a yellow card. And with the referee giving yellow card so easily, I didn't want to risk it. So again, I think we're definitely seeing... At the moment, Rich, maybe a change in tact from Jose. He knows he's got to keep the players on side, you know, integrating mm. Bow and Delhi seems very key to this. So I think, you know, it'll be very interesting to see how many minutes these guys will get between now and the end of the season. Yeah, and um, with Bow, I would start him Sunday. I would, there can't be a, a greater time in Bow's return for his confidence and to be back and with what he's done tonight um again people saying it was Wolfsburger but please look at what he'd done on Sunday at man against Man City on that 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 glimpse again where you've got one of the best teams in Europe probably one of the best club sides in the world at the moment and he skipped round two or three of them like they wasn't now and got a shot away we, okay, the shot wasn't great, 
I was I would have been absolutely delighted if he'd have got that shot away and scored. It wouldn't have made any difference. We wouldn't have won the game. But that is what Bell can do. Let him go and do it. He's, as you say, we've got three months left of the season. Yeah. It's not a lot of games. He's got it in his tank to be able to do it. <clears throat> so put him out there on Sunday versus West Ham and tell him just go and be Gareth Bell. Because if he is, he's still got it in him to be absolutely world class. He, If he does that Sunday again, he scores goals. And, and that's what we need to do Sunday. It's as simple as that. This, as I say, this isn't hard. This isn't rocket science. He's at, the, he's at the top of his confidence since his return. All right. He might not be the Gareth Bale that left us and went to Real Madrid. But there's glimpses of it. And all you need is a few glimpses of a world-class player to be able to do that. I would start Bale and Delhi Sunday as well. I would really, really put it up, West Ham. Chris is looking at me like, what? I would. I, I Personally, I would. A little bit of bravery and a little bit of, right, come on in. What are you going to do about this with them two players? Because both of them, if they're firing on all cylinders and they're both at the top of their game, they're unplayable. They, they're both really unplayable. And I'd actually start them and bring them off rather than, rather than bring them on. I'd go and take it to West Ham Sunday and, ju- yeah, just, just go and give it a go. Them two, them two alone can really, really cause a team problems. Yeah. It's interesting though, Crackers, isn't it? The, the fact that Jose thought that he was under pressure, particularly after the results and performances against Chelsea, Liverpool and Brighton. And it seems that Deli Ali and Gareth Bale have now come back into the frame. They're, they're getting more minutes. It's exactly what the fans wanted. All of the fans have been crying out for, for both of them two to come back into the frame. They've done that. And that is what's so pleasing for all of us fans is to see that both of it has worked out for them tonight, but it's whether they can take it now to the next level and continue that form in the Premier League and, and, and beyond until the rest of the season. Totally agree. Well, listen, we're going to go for a very quick break. When we return, we'll be discussing Lucas Moura adding Spurs' third. Our defensive woes in that second half that are kind of still leaving us with some jittery moments. And of course, West Ham to come at the weekend. Big, big game. Do not go anywhere. We'll be back after this very, very short break. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Hello and welcome back to the second half of The Last Word on Spurs. Now, to actually quickly give a mention, because he's not had many positive moments this season, Matt Doherty, to be fair, he fed Bale for both Son's goal and the Welshman strike. He actually lost Vazinga for his first half header, but he looked dangerous when he did drive forward. Again, Matt Doherty, to be fair to him, we've not seen much positiveness this season, so I think it was worth giving that a mention and Hugo Lloris, to be fair, made a superb save at the half-hour mark, showing fine reactions to tip over Vinicius' close-range header to the, onto the crossbar. He was sent the wrong way, of course, for Lindell's spot kick early in the second half. But apart from that, 
did everything he could do. As I said, made that incredible save, to be fair to Hugo Lloris. But Spurs did go free up, and that was down to Lucas Smora. Come around to you, Jay. Through a dribble through the defence, fired low past the keeper. And for Mora now, that's four goals in six Europa League starts. What do you make of his performance, Jace? Many will say that's Mora's level. What do you reckon? Can I just do Hugo first? Of course you can. can. What What a magnificent save. And that is the Hugo Lloris and why he's at Tottenham. Mm. You know, he had a really bad week last week. There's no doubts about it. I think I, I constantly see this this stat about saves per XG, of which Hugo Lloris is at the top. And sometimes sometimes we take some of those saves that he makes for granted and we highlight his mistakes. But do you want a goalkeeper that doesn't make the mistake, but then doesn't make 10 of the saves a season that Hugo scores? So that you concede seven more goals than you would do under Hugo. And I think some of the saves that Hugo's made this season is absolutely top drawer. And sometimes you... He, he, there's, there's no doubt, and I'm not denying that he makes mistakes. And like I say, it was a bad, bad week last week for him. Mm, but, yeah. but I still look at it and think we come out with a net, net difference in on our side when Hugo's in goal. And the difference last year when Gazaniga was in goal was a huge, huge drop off. Mm. And I feel like, yes, we have to look at a long term successor for Hugo. I'm not against going and buying a really top or trying to buy a a top young goalkeeper in the summer or anything like that. But for me, when when people say, oh, he's finished and not that, I just look at it and, and, and think, no, have a look at some of the saves that he constantly makes for us that are way and above what most goalkeepers do. And that was a real moment tonight of Hugo brilliance and, and really pleasing that it came tonight after he's had a tough week. Um, Lucas Mora, he's another player. You, you, I mean, you all know he's not my favourite player. But I've said so often this season, he's a better player than we're currently seeing, which is, I think, the same for Bergvine. And just to see him run at defenders, commit people, take players on and then score the goal, really pleasing to see for Lucas Moore. And, you know, we, we score the free kick at Marine and then he doesn't get a game then for a long time. Yeah, see, I was going to ask you, Jay, Sometimes you have to build yeah, on it. I mean, that's the only thing, isn't it? You probably say at the moment where some of these players that, you know, dare I say, the likes of Sissoko's, the Winks, listen, not all joking. Listen, we know maybe they're not good enough for Tottenham in general in terms of where we want to be. Um, I'm being honest in saying that. That's no disrespect to the players' quality, but, you know, for where Spurs want to eventually go, you know, it's not their fault where the squad level is at. I just wonder, because of the lack of games they've had, that lack of consistency, it can't be easy when you're starting one in five, dare I say for some, one in seven. No, of course not. And and there, there are also players that know when they're starting one in six or seven that they don't have the trust of the manager. And, and don't, and don't because I'm so anti-Jose, don't take that as an anti-Jose remark. That's, that's a human nature thing that players will be in and out of sides. And you'll see that at all clubs. You know, how much confidence does Divock Origi get from Klopp mm. in, in the same way? And I'm sure yeah. he feels disappointed. How much disappointment does Olivier Giroud get when he's left out? So that will happen under all managers. But it, I think particularly for attacking players, it is really hard when you're not playing that often. And when I hear our, our squad, oh, we haven't got this and it's not a top four squad and that, I still look at our squad and think it's a better squad than West Ham's. It's mm. a better squad. Yes, Aston Villa have got Jack Grealish, yeah. but, but that's it. They've got Jack Grealish. Would you take Compser and would you take Diaz and players like that at Tottenham? No, you wouldn't do. We have a better squad than most of those sides above us. And the thing is to get those players playing. I think going back to the Europa League will help 
with game time, but it will be interesting to see as you go into it at which stage that you 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 continue to rotate or things like that. I mean, if we were playing Hoffenheim tonight or Benfica tonight, that's a very different team that gets picked to the one that started tonight. So, but just nice to see players take their opportunity. They're better players than they're currently looking, that's for sure. They're not great world-class players that could play for Real Madrid and Barcelona, but they're better players than West Ham and Aston Villa and, and Everton have, that's for sure. Richard's come around to you because um, I think it's important to maybe touch upon both of those players there. Lloris, it was a very tough week for him last week. You know, did make some quality saves uh, tonight. Of course, penalty-wise, wasn't and didn't get anywhere near it. Obviously, gets the wrong side. But um, Lucas Moore as well, to be fair to him, you know, he does like to score in the Europa League. Was a good finish. Won plenty of fouls, but wasn't able to add to that fine goal. Um, Lloris, to start with, Rich, is he a goalkeeper that you'll be looking to maybe, you know, have one eye on, on upgrading in the summer? Mm, no, not not this summer. I still think there's more gas in the tank with Larice, And I think Jason's spot on. He, he saves some, uh, he makes some saves that other keepers just will, will not. Uh, most keepers have a weakness in their game. Um, Paul Robinson could never move his feet. If you tested him from 25, 30 yards, he invariably got, he got beat. He couldn't move his feet. Others have poor decision-making. Laurie sometimes doesn't look like he's bulky enough to be able to get an arm to a ball and stop a shot. You see some shots that seem to skip over his arm and you think to yourself, oh, for a Peter Schmeichel there, or a Neuer, who'd get his arm to that and probably knock it like back over the halfway line. Um, but Larice is saved tonight. I think that just came from the confidence that was flowing through the team at that time in, in the game. So... We were playing confidently. Everybody looked confident. We felt confident. He made a confident save. And it's no, um, it, it, it's no coincidence that when Sissoko had a Sissoko moment and lets the ball come off and brings a player down and they get that penalty and start to sort of come back into it, we looked shaky again. Our confidence was knocked. It was like, oh, here we go again. And we we went like we 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 could, we went little bit sort of in introvert again and played introvertly. We pulled ourselves out of that malaise and got back into the game. So it's that sort of in-game confidence. And if if the whole team's being confident, they try things and it comes off. When you don't feel confident, you don't try things and things don't come off and things do do go wrong. So a confidence in a side is absolutely crucial and huge and it makes makes big differences and it was that save from Hugo tonight was just absolutely phenomenal brilliant brilliant um Lucas and that goal uh, again I'll quote Glenardal I think he's got his spot on he's the modern day Ricky Villa it's the odd game the odd unbelievable brilliance and then it's five six seven games of absolutely nothing, uh, mm. nothing at all. Yeah. And when I do my nights with Ricky, he admits it himself. Ricky V always says, "I was just, a, I, I'm a very lazy South American." That's what he calls himself. He went, "I'm just, I'm too Argentinian sometimes." He says, mm. "And I have like one good game, and then like you know, it might be a bit too cold, and I couldn't be bothered, and then all of a sudden." 
he has like he just he wins you a game. So I'm hoping that Glenn's right and that Lucas Mora is Ricky Villa, gets us to a final and goes on to score a goal, which Ricky Villa's been earning a living off now for the last 40 years doing Q&A nights. So, but that's just Lucas Mora for you. He, yeah. is, he is the reincarnation of, of Ricky Villa. But I don't know. Give him, give him a run in the side. See if it can build, build his confidence. But, you know, I've not seen anything to suggest that that would be the case if we did give him a run. Yeah. Chris, come around to you. Obviously touched on there, Mora and Larice. Feel free to throw in anything more you want on that. But um, we have to talk about Sissoko doing a Sissoko thing, giving away a real needless penalty in which, you know, again for Spurs now, it's the third consecutive game that Spurs have conceded a real clumsy penalty. And, you know, it was a lifeline for Wolfsburger when the game and the tie looked dead. And then we saw after that straight away, they hit the crossbar and again hit the bar. I mean, it could have been a real, real different game, Chris, if those chances were taken. Yeah, if I can go back to uh, talking about Hugo Lloris, mm, I completely cool. agree with everything Jason said. Um, you know, the the form that Hugo Lloris has been in throughout the whole of this season has been absolutely superb. And, uh, you know, if you, if you take the last week or so, of course, he's had lots of flack by all of us Tottenham fans about his performances and the amount of goals that he's let in. But, you know, I think we, we all forget as Spurs fans how many times he has saved us in games. And I completely agree with everything Jason said on that point. But... When you think about tonight, you know, we, we, we often talk about a lot of negatives when we lose games or we don't perform in games. But I think tonight is about talking about the positives. And when you think of Hugo Lloris and about confidence as well, Hugo Lloris will take huge confidence from that save and going into the next game now. Um, Matt Doherty, as you mentioned, Rick, he will take confidence going into the next game because, you know, after the, the very difficult season he's had, he got an assist tonight. Harry Winks got an assist tonight. He'll, he'll take something from that. Um, Deli Alley, huge plus tonight. Gareth Bow, huge plus tonight. A goal and assist in the game. Lucas Mora, a fantastic goal. Um, you know, huge confidence that it will give him. Hunmin Son, another goal for him. You know, he's had a goal drought. Carlos Vinicius coming off the bench. He's got a goal. Eric Lamella coming off the bench. He's got an assist. And most importantly, Jose Mourinho. He's under pressure. No matter what he says in the press right now, you know, he's lost a lot of games recently. And... You know, he will be feeling the pressure, no matter whether he says he, he doesn't or not. Um, you know, getting that win tonight is about building it and going into the next game. Your question about Moussa Zoko, um, giving away penalties, giving away clumsy penalties again and again. You know, I'm with Jose Mourinho on this one. You know, in one of our recent games, he says it's a modern day penalty. You know, any contact in the box now, just, you know, you, you're, giving a, you're giving away a penalty. Yes, it was very clumsy by him. Yes, it wasn't the best performance by him. But I've said many, many times in these cup games, it is about taking opportunities. And you have to take them in games like this when you're not starting Premier League games. And, uh, you know, I'm a bit worried, really, for Moussa Soko. And and I I, I can't really see him being a Spurs player next season. We did see, Jase, come over to you, Soko in the week, say that with his future... It's kind of up in the air. He's not sure if he is going to get a new deal. We know he's got a couple more years to run on that. Um, I know from the very off, there's been people that just don't think Sissoko's been good enough for Tottenham. And um, to be fair to him, we did see an upturn. Um, I think we've got to say that there was real, you know, there was an upturn. You know, people again will probably say he's still not of the level required for Tottenham. But, you know, you see that situation there. Again, a player that was one of Mourinho's favourites, taken out the team hasn't really had a regular run of games. 
is he a player that will be here next season for you, Jason, Mr. Sissoko? Uh, um, I, probably not, but it, it will depend if we find a buyer that Daniel says it's going to cost you 30 million for or something like that. So it, it's probably one that we'd like to go. It's whether we can, we can move him on and whether, you know, I think Musa Sissoko now is on something like 90 grand a week. So the clubs that will want Musa Sissoko will not be paying him 90 grand a week. They and won't be. There's, no. the, there's the problem trying to move players, mm. you know, as we've seen with Danny Rose and things. I mean, you know, if, if we sat here honestly and said, what's Musa Sissoko's level in the Premier League? You're talking about bottom half. Well, Crystal Palace won't pay him 90 grand a week, will they? Let's be honest. Newcastle certainly won't pay him 90 grand a week. Sheffield United won't pay him 90 grand a week. Brighton won't pay him 90 grand a week. So, you know, that's going to be the difficulty in moving Musa Sissoko on. Um, it, it, you know, Musa, Musa comes... There's times when we all know he's not technically good enough. And he, his strength is that physicality. And there are times when perhaps when we're going through a really bad spell and we look lethargic and that, where he'll suddenly come on and that physicality and mobility in midfield gives us a bit of a lift. But he's, he's the kind of player that, you know, when we're really playing well, you don't find a natural spot in the team for him. Uh, I mean, his highlight was what? Brentford at home this year, wasn't it? When he had a really good game and that gets us to a cup final. But no, he's not good enough. And in the long run, what's Moussa Sissoko now? 30, 31, isn't he? That's 31 right, yeah. years old. Yeah, around that age, two, yeah. years, mm. two years to go on his deal. They're never going to extend his deal to 35, are they? So I'm sure if they can get rid, they'll get rid. But it'll be harder to get rid of him than, than we realise. Rich, coming around to you, we've got a question in actually on Sissoko. This is from Debo1980, who says, after the performances in the most recent interview given by Sissoko, should he be featuring again this season? I mean, I suppose he probably will feature because of the lack of depth Spurs have got in their squad. But for you, Rich, and um, probably similar question, is he a player that you're looking to move on in the summer? And if we do, you know, again, it's a player that we are going to have to find a replacement for, isn't it? It's all very well saying we have to sell him. We need to bring in a player in that's going to be of a better level to Sissoko. Many will be saying that isn't hard, but you've still got to bring that player in. Yeah, it's a, it's a double-headed problem. I think the bringing somebody in to replace him is within the board's remit to be able to do. If the if they can't move uh, Musa Sissoko on, then they're just going to have to wear it. But the, the problem is you can't have him as the cover for the next two seasons. So we may have maybe in a situation where we've actually got his replacement and him still there. But needs must, we must have a replacement. So they're going to have to find somewhere in the finances to be able to do that. Um, it's a funny one with Musa because he, he came in and he looked like, you know, the, the dog chasing a balloon, wasn't it? It was just like he was jumping for everything and like it was funny, man, scatter gun, poor. And then he found that purple patch and he was excellent. He was like probably our best player for quite a few games. He was phenomenal in the middle there. And all of a sudden, it's gone again. So I don't know. Again, this might come down to um, the special one, as he calls himself, on 10, 15 million pound a year. Uh, like I've said before, if you're that special, manage the player. And get that Musa Sissoko mid-career with Spurs back. That one who was like one of the first names on the team sheet for quite a while, for quite a few games. Go and manage him and get that back. Do whatever it needs to be managing him 
to get that Musa Sissoko back, like managing Deli Ali and getting that Deli Ali back. You've done it with Undembele. Um, now do it with Delhi, which he hopefully seems to be doing. Go and do it with Musa Sissoko. Because on for 10, 15 million pounds a year and telling us you're that great, prove it. Go and manage a player and get him back. If he can't, and it is just a case of Musa Sissoko's gone, then first thing we have to do is get his replacement in and then worry about getting him out. But he can't he can't be the cover just because we can't, can't get rid of him. We're going to go nowhere if we do that. We might just have to wear his wages for a couple of years, I think, Rick. Mm. It's tricky, isn't it? Because I'll say, when we had that error we saw, you know, I've got to say, you know, although I said it's, you know, the... Um... The third consecutive game we conceded a penalty is actually five in the last seven games. That just tells you at the moment, just defensively, how fragile this team is at the moment. I can see Chris, you're shaking your head there. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because you can put whatever players you want out, but if you're making those mistakes, you know, game by game, should I add at the moment, you know, however you look at it, three and five, you know, five and seven, you know, you can blame Jose all you want in terms of maybe the style of play at times, but you know, he can't do much in terms of the individual errors that he's facing at the moment, can he? It's very frustrating for us fans. It must be very, very frustrating for him. Um, of course, he, he tells the players exactly how he wants them to play. And uh, I think um, a lot of it is down to ability or, or, or not having the ability. I know Cracker said about Moussa Soko there. Um, I think that a lot of it is not having the ability to, to, to do exactly what Jose Mourinho wants to do on the pitch. Um, what worries me as a Spurs fan going forward is the amount of players all of us fans are talking about He's not good enough. He's not good enough. We need to replace him. We need to replace him. We're talking about replacing a whole team. When, when, you, when you think that if you ask most Spurs fans who's good enough for this team, you'll get the same names come up. You'll get Sergio Reguilon. You'll get Pierre-Emil Hoybier. You'll get Hunmin Son. You'll get Harry Kane and Tonkyon Dombele. You know, not many, not many other players outside of those, you know, mm -hmm. core players, you know, yeah. good enough for, for the Premier League. And... And when you think back, only a couple of months ago, we were top of the Premier League. We were all raving about this team. We were all talking about winning trophies and silverware this season. And then, of course, it's all gone completely pear-shaped, which is very, very sad to see. Um, but it'll be very, very interesting. If Jose Mourinho is still our manager in the summer, you know, how much money he will be given to spend because it seems that we do need an awful lot, especially at the back, because we have just conceded so many goals and sloppy goals, as you just said, Rick. And it's... And it's simply not good enough. And it just has to stop happening. Mm, by all accounts, obviously, he said that he was very ha happy yeah. with the summer business. You know, this is the crazy thing. I mean, coming around to you, Jace, we did see Spurs grab a fourth. It was actually real good poacher's instinct from Carlos Vinicius to touch home Lamella's header across goal and an assist for Lamella. But again, you know, Vinicius doing what he's been brought in to do, scoring goals. It's now four goals and three assists in this competition. Can you ask much more from him, Jace, when he's being given at the moment so much limited minutes under his belt? I don't think you can ask much more, certainly in terms of this competition than, than he's doing. But I think, um, you know, I think Jose, when he picked him for the Chelsea game and he said he's still got to learn where and when to press and things like that. And, I think in the, the couple of Premier League games, the second half at Brighton he got and the game against Chelsea, you know, the ball wasn't sticking with him all the time and things like that. And I think I think there was one thing that Jose made a comment on quite early in the season. What was the game he scored two in his Europa League game? I can't remember. It was one of the group games, wasn't it, where he scored two at home. 
in that first half. I, I can't remember who that was against. Was that Lask or someone? And Jose made a comment that, that he was he was disappointed that his centre forward didn't really sniff out the hat trick, as if to say, you know, I want more a little bit more physically from him. You know, it's, it's going to be a little bit tougher and rougher and and really get in there and, and, and challenge up against defenders, you know, really, really bust the gut sometimes against them. And I think that's maybe, he almost kind of looks too nice sometimes to me to, to really, you, you can see him going up against a John Terry or something and, and never getting a sniff, isn't it? And that's going to be the problem with Vinicius. Have we seen enough to pay the 41 million? Probably not. But, you know, whilst he has a use for games like tonight, then use him and it's nice to see him score goals. It's just like all our players, as we say, it's, it's just nice to see them turn in a performance tonight and get something from it. Rich, come around to you. Um, we know how difficult it's been for Spurs to try and find that second striker. Um, I'm not using the word backup because that's not fair. We, we need to find, obviously, this alternative striker. This season, it's Vinicius. It's just a loan. What do you see happening, Rich, come the summer? Because um, to be fair, you look at his goal-scoring record, and to be fair, you know, he's played against, you'd argue, maybe more lower league opposition, or dare I say, obviously, in the Europa League, it's been different to kind of teams that he's faced so far. Um, are we going to have another dilemma come the summer, Rich, when it comes to that second striker? Because uh, at the moment, it sounds bizarre, despite his decent goal-scoring record, I still can't see, Rich, I know I can see Chris there also shaking his head, that I don't see Spurs at the moment paying that huge fee that, you know, has been warranted by his parent club. Yeah, there's a, there's a problem here with, you've got uh, Harry Kane now, and anybody that comes in, it's literally like asking Shaking Stevens to go on stage and go and be Elvis, isn't it? Like that. So, so straight away, you're, you're up against it because just to bring in a striker to come in when Kane can't and be Harry Kane is just impossible. So you've already got to try and be something you can't you can't be. So that there, there's the problem is what is what you're up against uh, as a measuring stick in in Harry Kane. Um, strikers are a funny position because of, they're players that need a bit of an extended run in a side and they need to get their eye in and they're very very difficult position to dip in and out all the time, in and out, in and out. They, they just, they need that run. Those strikers that can come in and hit the ground running uh, are very, very, very few and far between. And if they can, then they're normally a main striker somewhere else. It's a, a, it's a role that Mark Falco used to fill really well. He would come in and he'd do, he'd do very, very well, but never be the main starting striker and we were very fortunate to have him. So it's about trying to find uh, that modern day Mark Falco. Ask your granddad kids if you don't know who Mark Falco is, but he was a, he, he was, he was a good striker, a good squad striker. So tr trouble is, Rick, I've just, we've just not seen enough from Vinicius mm. to know if he warrants that £41 million price tag, which does sound a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, so 41 million quid seems to be like pocket change in, in uh, modern football, doesn't it? It's, uh, yep. I don't know, there's been flashes from him a, mm -hmm. a couple of times. He's, he's looked, looked okay. And uh, just you just can't pass any judgment. Jose's just not given him that chance, even when there has been, like tonight, he was the natural replacement, really, to mm. come in ahead of Kane. 
but he still never he, he never played him, did he? Never played him from the off and gave gave us a chance to see if he is forty one million quid or not. So I don't know. It's a very it's a difficult one. Very very difficult to bring anybody in to play as an understudy or in the squad alongside of Harry Kane. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Crackers. Because you know when when I go back to the summer, Ollie Watkins was available. <clears throat> And Villa paid the 30 and probably most of us thought that's a bit too much money. And I think Ollie Watkins has, I actually liked Ollie Watkins last season at Brentford and, and I might well have sooner have paid for that. But the key thing is actually when people think Ollie Watkins is having a good season, when you actually look at it, I think he's only scored in about seven Premier League games at the 24 or 25 Villa have paid. So, you know, if, if that was at Tottenham, we'd have dropped a player like that. We'd have said, you've only scored in seven games out of 25, you're not good enough. And, and that's with a player playing regularly with the confidence of his manager. It is so hard for, for somebody to... And, and when you, you get the confidence of a Watkins and the Danny Ingses and that, to say to them, Patrick Bamford's another one. I think John, John I think, popped up with Patrick Bamford, isn't it? But these players do well because they're playing week in, week out. But as soon as Harry's there, they're not going to play week in, week out. They're simply not. And the problem when you just play even Europa League games and Carabao Cup games, they're not at the intensity of the Chelsea game, the Manchester City game, the, the, the West Ham games. They're just simply not. And when you've, you've played, what, six, six, seven months of the season now in just low-intensity games, it's very hard then to come into a Chelsea game or anything like that with confidence. Yeah, so true. But how, but how many games has he started in the Premier League, though, Jakes? But what games could you would you have left Kane out to pick him in? Yeah, but Harry Kane was out injured and he still didn't get the start. He's only ever been used in these in these FA Cup games and these Europa League games. And and and, and I think that Jose Mourinho just don't trust him as a striker. You know, well, even not get even not getting the start tonight. Well, he made a com- that- he made a comment, didn't he, Chris? I've got to say that on uh, Vinicius, where he seemed to say that he, from a translation perspective, he doesn't seem to understand quite what the team's ethic was. I don't know if you saw that comment, guys, where he actually said that you know. Whether that's obviously, as we know, he's obviously got this language barrier problem where he doesn't speak English. I wonder, again, like you just said there, if it, is it the trust and confidence to be able to follow and implement the plan that he wants him to? Doesn't Jose well, speak Portuguese? <laughs> well, this is the most bizarre thing he does. But again, maybe with the, with the players that are on the field, you're right there, Jason. You know, there shouldn't really be an issue. Um, it's a conundrum because you do feel, you know, in the summer, we're going to be faced with that same dilemma again. Are we going to need to have another striker? And Richard is laughing there. Uh, I must just say, because we're going to <laughs> Touché, about... Jason. Touché. Very <laughs> It's bizarre, isn't it? I mean, I must just say, before we go for a, a very quick final break, before we talk about West Ham, Deli Alley, we're going to come on to him a bit more in the West Ham preview. He looked a bit more brighter today, it has to be said. Nutmegged his way into the Wolfsburger box very early on with a shot from a tight angle that was saved. To be fair, was trying to make things happen, had less of an impact in the second half, but, you know, it was much more of a promising return for Delhi. And again, just to finish up on this point, Chris, before we look ahead to West Ham, was you quite pleased with what you saw with Delhi? Because, again, there's some real mixture of comments. There's one here from Troy Curtis. Says, I just think at the moment he's not proven why to Jose he should be in this lineup regularly. Some flickers of creativity, but lots of errors, lots of giveaways. Have you seen enough for you, Chris, to suggest Delhi should be back in this team now? But but it's not going to happen overnight, is it? You you can't just cast someone aside, you know, for a couple of months and leave them out of the squad completely, not use them, and then expect them to to come back and you know produce the you know the like what Deli Ali of old did. 
I think it's small steps. And I think that tonight, as I said earlier, I think that, that tonight is a huge positive for Deli Alley. Um, I want to see Deli Alley now, either in the starting lineup or on the bench, you know, involved in the squad, every single match day squad now, because we all know we've, we've, we've raved about Deli Alley on this show many, many times. We know what he's capable of. And I'm sure that we will see uh, the excellent Deli Alley again in the future, whether it will be under Jose Mourinho, who knows? Um, but whatever differences they've had, I hope that they've just put them behind them now and Deli Alley. Uh, you know, can get back into this Tottenham Hotspur team because we've we've seen glimpses tonight. You know, nutmegging and, and and shooting, unlucky not to get the goal uh, for him tonight. We've seen glimpses tonight of of you know we know what he's capable of. So I'm hoping that we see a lot more of him uh, for the rest of the season. Can I just come in there on Delhi Ali and uh, one one thing? Okay, football is is an art form. Okay, it's it's rock and roll with your feet. It's like painting, but with your feet. It's like any art, but with your feet and a ball. It's as simple as that. And the world's best of any of anything have always been lunatics or mavericks or like mad geniuses. Georgie Best, Paul Gascoigne, uh, Vincent Van Gogh, Jim Morrison. That's what you want. Sometimes... You have to put up with the, the madness of, of the genius, but but that's that's the price you pay yeah. to have that. I think Delhi kind of sits in, in that Venn diagram. I really do. He's got his flaws. He's got his things that probably drive managers absolutely mad. As Delhi said, like when when he was misbehaving, Pochettino would bring him in and speak to him a little bit like a dad, like, you know, come on, Delhi, like, da-da-da, whatever Delhi gets up to, you know, a, a bit of gaming, maybe going out on a Wednesday night and having a bottle of pop when he's got training the next morning. But, hey, didn't Georgie Best, didn't, like, didn't, didn't Greavesy, didn't, uh, didn't mm. uh, Jim Morrison... There will be people shouting, though, Rich. There will be people shouting, Sam, but hold on a second. You look at the quality those players performed consistently... Delhi's game hasn't been like that for you know uh, you know a quite considerable amount of time. That's just, but he's, he's still a youngster, isn't he? And I think yeah. it's there. I think just put up with some of the madness of him mm. or some you know, some of some of the personal traits that might not sit well in a modern day football club where everybody is media schooled to within an inch of their life and you know being yep. let him be a maverick, let mm. him Grealish at Villa. Uh, you know, he's as often on the front pages as he is the back pages. But Villa let him play. They let him yeah. get away with it. Mm. Gaza was was another one. We might just have to put up with a little bit of the madness to get the genius with him. I just is, think, Jace, go on, Jace, come in. I was going to say, I think, you know, one of, the, one of the worst bits of man management this season that Jose did was that game at Stoke, where, where Delhi actually, for an hour, was our best player. And he, ha he hadn't played too much. He came into that Stoke game. Yes, it was Stoke City. It wasn't a Premier League game. But, you know, when, when, when uh, Chris talks about having to come in and take your chance, Delhi took his chance at Stoke that night, played really well. And then to be blamed for a goal that a championship side score against you 17 touches later that comes from their goalkeeper when, when you just don't defend a high ball. For, for Delhi to be criticised in the way he was that, that he, cre he created Stoke's goal. You thought, 
there were 17 touches of the ball after Delhi's. It started with their goalkeeper. And you know what? You, you could say, so if Harry Kane shoots and it misses the post and their bloke takes a goal kick and they score from it, is that Harry Kane's fault that he didn't, you know, is that Harry Kane's fault? Mm. I just think that the, the way that he really publicly criticised him that night was 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 outrageous, really. Just because Delhi was our best player at Stoke. I think he won the man of the match award from the fans, didn't he? He did, yeah. And you just thought, you just thought that's a fight, Jose. You on that night, you didn't need to pick. You know, the Everton game when he took him off at half time on the opening day, fine, whatever. A couple of performances afterwards, right? You're not playing, but to to publicly pick a fight with a player, I thought that was a, a really poor bit of man management. And I think the downside of that, or the the the, the end point, was that picture of Delhi on his Instagram post, bored stiff after the the Fulham game when he he couldn't get on the pitch. Wasn't it? And you think that's you know, it, it's those as Cracker says, it's those bits of man management that you, you can give your tough love, you can give your hard love, but you don't really go out to ostracise a player in public in the way that he did when it was was needless to do. We won the game three one anyway. And it'll be keen now to see how he does integrating back into this side. Marino said after the game that he thinks we do have one foot in the next round, not two. He said, I like the performance in the first half. The performance in the second half gave them a little bit of self-esteem. We're going to go for our final break of the show. When we return, it's the Hammers at the weekend. And taking you into this break, we've got Corey from the West Ham way. And we've also got... Dan Lawless from West Ham Fan TV. Do not go anywhere. We're back providing you with our quick fire predictions and look ahead to the game. Hello, everybody. On the last word on Spurs, it's Corey from the West Ham Way YouTube channel. I've been asked to give a little bit of a preview into this big, big game on Sunday. I always look forward to playing Tottenham Hotspur. Obviously, last time out, real. No one could have predicted it. Um, hopefully, it's as entertaining. Possibly, West Ham can even get the three points in this game. I'm sure, hopefully, a few of you haven't turned off at this stage. Listen, in terms of lineups for West Ham, I think there's no surprise. It's Lucas Fabianski in goal. Interestingly enough, this season, I think we've switched between the 3-4-3 that we employed against you lot last time. We've been to a 4-2-3-1. We've switched back now with Ben Johnson coming in on the left-hand side. So in terms of the centre-backs, the back three, I think it's going to be Creswell on the left, Dawson in the middle, um, and Issa Diop on the right-hand side. Right wing-back's going to be Sufal. Left wing-back's going to be Ben Johnson. More than you can expect, of course, it'll be Declan Rice and Tommy Suchek in the middle of the park. In terms of the forward men, it was interesting. Manu Lanzini, a lot of you will remember from last time out, uh, actually started against Sheffield United, which is quite surprising. I think a lot of people want Saeed Ben Rama in. So imagine Saeed Ben Rama possibly comes into the side on the left. Jared Bowen on the right. Slight dip in form for Jared recently, um, but he looked a little bit more fluid in terms of his movement and his attacking intent um, last time out against Sheffield United. With Jesse Lingard playing a false nine, it's so interesting, particularly now with Mickey Antonio about the side, how West Ham have to play against Tottenham, have to play against Premier League sides in order to get results. And we saw a fluid front three. There's a lack of aerial threat. That is a concern. You look at Tottenham, I know you've been a little bit shaky defensively, but I think it plays into your hands, particularly with a double pivot. If you've got Hoiberg or Sissoko or even under Bele as that pivot, it's going to be hard for West Ham to break you down at times. Um, in terms of the tactics, generally speaking, I think the wing-back system is better for us to hit you in transition. We can carry the ball a lot more effectively. I think you look at Ben Johnson that's coming to the side on the left. Again, naturally a right-back, but actually has adapted very, very well to that left-hand side, composing in possession, willing to take on the men. It allows us to introduce Aaron Creswell, and we missed a little bit of that 
that delivery from him in the final third and having that solidity on that left-hand side next to him as well as two other centre-backs means that Creswell can get a little bit further forward. I expect Suchek to use his athleticism in this game to make runs into the box to try and hurt Tottenham and provide that aerial presence that I think possibly that we'll lack um, with that forward three. Declan Rice, I think his role this season, he's become more of a number eight in terms of his, his ball carrying and his willingness to run with the ball and, and get out of the teams. But in this game, I imagine he'll play probably more of a natural pivot and screen for the for the defence. And he did a little bit of that against Sheffield United. But obviously, the athleticism that he has got means that he can get forward at times. And interestingly enough, I was so impressed with Jesse Lingard and have been since he's come into the side in terms of his intelligence his ability to find spaces, he can run from deep, he's technically very solid, got good shot on him. Um, I imagine he'll be West Ham's main threat, but West Ham will 100% have to commit the wing-backs forward in this game, create overloads in wide areas and, and try and possibly entice Spurs to get out of that defensive shape. And I'm a bit concerned it will suit Mourinho. I think you know, look at Mourinho particularly recently, he's, he's flitting between formations, obviously injuries to Reguillon hasn't helped, obviously he's a, he's a fantastic player for you lot and, and Ben Davis. Um, it's a little bit of a downgrade to say the least. And obviously Harry Kane comes back in. It makes it difficult for West Ham. We have to be alert. It allows you to transition a lot more effectively. Um, but in terms of generally a score prediction for this game, I'm going to go... So I'm going to have to back West Ham on. It's West Ham Spurs. 2-1 West Ham. Um, it's not going to be easy. I think you'll get a goal. Uh, you look at Harry Kane, he's an unbelievable player and his talent and we've seen this this season, particularly him dropping into the 10 and if he's got the movement of Son either side of him, again, you can always find someone and if West Ham have to press like I imagine we will to create in this game, then I think you're going to find space but I look at West Ham from set pieces, Craig Dawson, um, Issa Diop coming in, Declan Rice, Suchek, we've got a lot of aerial presence, we've got another goal against Sheffield United from a set piece and we're in we're near the top of the chart in the league for set piece goals so West Ham, I believe, will, will hurt you from, from those positions. And you feel that if Ben Rama plays and, and Bones directness and Lingard and there's that fluid front three, maybe we can draw you out of position, um, particularly in transition. But it's going to be an interesting game. It always is. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for listening to me um, and take care, everybody. Dan Lawless here, West Ham Fan TV. Here to give you a quick preview for the West Ham versus Tottenham game on Sunday here on Last Word on Spurs. And we are going into this game with our fortunes being very, very different. Uh, things are looking completely different for both teams than they were last time that we faced each other. Um, you know, those times you guys were looking like title contenders. Um, you know, and we were definitely going into that game, the underdogs. And of course, that's where we got our dramatic comeback and our last-minute equaliser, amazing goal, goal of the season by Lanzini. Um, and now we're going into this game with things completely different. Tottenham with about three wins in the league uh, in 2021, and West Ham with uh, accumulating the most points in 2021 besides Manchester City. So the form is is you know in our favour going into this game. And still, it's it's going to be a tough one. I'm not taking Tottenham for granted. You can never take Tottenham for granted when when you have that many quality players. You know, Kane is back, Son. Um, you know, some some uh, Hoiberg is, is, is looks pretty decent. Um, you know, obviously when when he's played decent. I mean, it's been tough. Obviously, as decent as he can be in a, in a bad side at the moment. But yeah, there's a lot of frustrations, and this is a must-win game for Tottenham. Absolutely must-win game. Uh, you're six points behind us at the moment. This, if we win this, we'll go nine points clear. So huge game for Tottenham. You can actually say that it is your 
Cup final. It's right, that's right, it's Tottenham's Cup final. It feels so good to say that because that's what it is. You know, all the pressure is on Tottenham. You guys need to win this. And if you guys turn up on Sunday after being crap for, for, for a long period of time, then it will be official that it's your cup final because that is what you've thrown at us all these years, that we turn up for Tottenham. Let's see if you turn up for West Ham and then let's see whose cup final it is. It's going to be tough. Uh, I, f I think you may struggle to, to deal with us because obviously Tottenham are so defensive um, and not quite as progressive on you know when it comes to attacking on the front foot. And I think we are able to deal with that. You know, I think Moyes will know what to do and, and not commit ourselves too much, but have them solutions. You know, we haven't got a striker, but we've got a, a really solid defence now with Kufal. Craig Dawson's coming. He didn't play last time and he's been brilliant. He has been really good for us. Even though we're missing Ogbonna, he has really stepped up and we've got Diop coming in. He looked good. And Jesse Lingard going forward has been an absolute breath of fresh air. So, We've got players that can can hurt Tottenham, but I think we've got just enough to shut you out. But we we can never take Tottenham for granted. Um, I'm going to go two one West Ham in your cup final. Hello and welcome back to the final part of the last word on Spurs. Like I say, been nice about a Tottenham win, but it's back to the Premier League at the weekend, which for many that will be groans and moans because of the nature of Spurs and our league position. And it's actually quite a big, big game for Tottenham. West Ham to come in a fixture where, let's be honest about it, it's always one that you expect Spurs to win. But you have to be pretty honest and say West Ham have played ever so well this season. And it's never easy going away to West Ham. I know it used to be a lot more, a lot more tough at the bowling. But um, the nature of Spurs in the Premier League at the moment, difficult to know what Spurs are going to turn up. Chris... This is a huge game for Tottenham. Massive game in which Tottenham do need to get their Premier League position back on track. Would you go on to say, Chris, is one of the biggest games of our season? We joke about it being a cup final, but it's a massive game for Tottenham, isn't it, this one? Absolutely. We have to treat it like a cup final as well. Jose Mourinho gets teams over the line in cup mm. finals. Well, let's hope he's going to do it with us this Sunday. Mm. Um, huge, huge game. They're already six points above us in the Premier League. They're sitting in fifth. We're sitting in ninth. If they win... On Sunday, West Ham, um, they will go nine points ahead of us. It is, it is absolutely ridiculous. Um, it does worry me, this game, I won't lie. Um, they have lost one Premier League game in the last two months. Um, you know, they're in terrific form and uh, they will really be fancying their chances. David Moyes and the whole West Ham team and all of their fan base will be uh, hugely confident going into this game. You know, seeing that Tottenham have made so many mistakes in games and you mentioned earlier how many penalties we've been given away as well. We have to perform. Every single player has to treat it like a cup final, like you said, Rick. And, uh, you know, we have to perform. It is a must win, an absolutely must win. Um, a crucial game of football, a crucial 90 minutes for Spurs. And uh, if we don't get the three points on Sunday, I think that we are going to be in huge trouble uh, not to get that top four place. I know some people are probably shouting, saying, you're having a laugh about top four anyway, but we do still have a chance. It's, it is mathematically possible. And until it's not, you know, I, I, I won't write it off. Um, but we have to get the three points. It is, it is an absolute must. We're just sitting here thinking at top four. I mean, that's going to be really tough to make now. I just wonder, Jace, is this game as big as saying that if we don't beat West Ham, then top four is looking very, very, very unlikely. When even, you know, before this game, it's quite remote. Personally, I think Chris is right. If we don't win Sunday, then I'll, 
I don't think we'll finish in the top four. Um, because, you know, you're just on the right. What is it? Three wins in 12 or 13 Premier League games or something. You know, if you're nine points away when you've won six out of six, you feel like you can make that gap up. But if you've only won three out of 13 and you're nine points away, you just don't see where the, you know, the runner consistent form is going to come from, do you? And then... Then the interesting thing is, what happens with that Europa League? Do you then start to think, OK, we have to sacrifice one or two Premier League games to concentrate on the latter stages of Europa? So I think it is an absolutely massive game in terms of top four. I think if we win at West Ham, then that's the type of, of game and result that maybe players can take confidence from. And it gives you that thing. But you know, we've put ourselves in a difficult position. We're going to have to go to Leicester and get a result. We're going to have to, to get results at home to Man United and things like that. We'd simply have to do it. Mm. And so go to West Ham and, and show what you mean and, and do the, do the, get the result there. But it's, it's, I think, as Chris is right, they're in good form. They're confident. The one thing I would say is with West Ham, it will be interesting to see for me how they approach the game. Because as good a form as they've been in, they look petrified of Liverpool. And they looked petrified in the cup at Man United the other night. The, the two times they've played really, or, you know, the, the more, the bigger side, shall we say, they've looked almost like Tottenham have done in those games. Looked petrified, gone into a low block, tried to play on the break, and it hasn't worked. It will be interesting to see what West Ham, whether they look at Tottenham's reputation as one of the big boys, or they look at Tottenham in that last 15 minutes of the of the of the fixture earlier on in the season, say, look, we scored three in was it three and eight this lot? Yeah. Let's let's try and do that. But I think yeah. if they sit back and let us play, mm. then I think we'll go there and get a result quite comfortably. Yeah, I mean, Rich, coming around to you, I know there's one comment you made from the couple weeks ago we was on, and you said that David Moyes has got everything. He's actually, you know, you've got to say David Moyes has got so much out of that West Ham squad that they're probably playing above where they should be. But that's absolute credit to the manager. And, you know, approaching this game, Rich, they must be massively, massively confident. And for Spurs now, you know, every Premier League game, it almost feels like there's now a weight on the players, a weight on the manager to get the result. And um, How big of this game is it for Jose Mourinho as well as Tottenham season? Because you feel, you know, a negative result here if we're sitting in the board requirement like Chris is the top four and we don't win here, again, that puts massive pressure on the manager where, you know, we've just come on the back of a decent result in the Europa League. Yeah, it's, uh, it is, it's huge. It's uh, every, every game, your next game is always your biggest game. It's, it's as simple as that. And this is a big, big, big game. It will be very interesting to see the dynamic of this, because it's normally us a good few points in front of West Ham and they love to come and give us a bit of a bloody nose and, uh, oh, we scuppered you. They're normally, they're normally trying to scupper us from doing something. Well, this time, it's us scuppering them. So it will be, it'll be interesting to see. that They go into this game above us. That's not a normal dynamic for them. Um, they might even go into this game, I'm hoping, overconfident. If they go into this game too confident, then they could also be in trouble. So it will be interesting to see if they actually if they actually turn out and try and put us to the sword, because we could make some capital on that. And I'm going to draw a line in the sand now and say, but we're going to go there and do the business as long, as long, as long, as long as Jose 
sets out a team like he did tonight and tries to go and take it to him. We've got the players to be able to take it to him. So go there and do it. To dare is to do. And like, so, so go and do it. Go and do it. Go and take advantage of their over. I'm, I'm, I'm positive they're going to be overconfident. They're going to be too much up for it. Um, so I, I don't know. I've just got a good feeling about Sunday. I'm back on Sunday night. So <laughs> I might well be. I might well be eating my words. At least, at least I'm bold enough and brave enough to come back. To have say this and then come back Sunday. Yeah. I hope I'm not eating my words. But do you know what? I think I'm going to be back on Sunday night, crowing from the rooftops about it, and us cutting cutting that gap. And a Delhi Alley and a Gareth Bell master show. Please come on, Jose. Start the pair of them. Harry Kane firing. Heuberg and Dembele. Don't worry about that defence. We won't need them, all right? Come on. We can do this. A little bit of positive thinking. Enrico, I was just going to say, um, of course, it was Jose Mourinho's first game in charge of Spurs back yep. in November 2019. Mm. We hadn't won in a Premier League away game for about 10 months and we needed a win. So this is no different. This is exactly yeah. the same feeling going into this game. Very true. And when we think back, um, you know, to probably where it started to go wrong for Spurs at, at, at the... Uh, uh, you know, those first games of the season when we drew 3-3 at home to West Ham, you know, of course, being 3-0 up, very, very in control of that game. And and that will give West Ham confidence as well, knowing that they were 3-0 down and they came back into that game and, and got a point off us. Yeah, And totally. like I said earlier about, you know, us conceding such sloppy goals. So we need to just give 110%. And Jose Mourinho, as I said, needs to treat this game as a cup final and get us over that line. He does indeed. Harry Kane, just to confirm, Harry Kane rested. Jose Mourinho expects him to be fit for this one. Whether he actually starts the game is another question. We'll have to wait and see. Rich, let's get your prediction then. Your confidence Spurs are going to win by what? It's going to be West Ham 2, Tottenham 3. Oh. Okay. We are going to have a, uh, a trio of Kane, Son and Bell goals. Oh, God, right. I like that. Okay. Oh, my God. There we go. There, there's your three goal scorers. We've, we've, of course, we've got in our locker to concede a couple, yeah. but 3-2 to Spurs with them free scoring. You heard it here first. Put next month's mortgage on it. <laughs> Jace, let me come around to you, because I'll be honest, Jace, I think this game's going to end a draw. I can see it being a goal-scoring draw. Um, I don't think Spurs... I mean, I might be completely wrong, but I just think still at the moment, there's still that... Well, as we all can see, there's still that real lack of confidence amongst the squad. And tonight's result really against the team off Wolfsburg's quality doesn't give me full, full confidence that we're going to go to West Ham and do the job. Purely because West Ham, they've been a very good side this season. You know, I think we said it there. You know, they've only lost one game in the last two months. What can you see, Jace, for you as a result here? Well, I think the, the prediction is that we'll go back to no-block counter-attack football and uh, that that will be a downfall and it will be a 1-1. I said to Chris Monday night, I think it was a, well, last Sunday, it was a 1-1 drawer. I still, until I see him pick that side in a game like that and give us that confidence to go, then then I think we'll see the, the, the typical Jose Mourinho performance and I think we will make the mistake and I can see it being 1-1. Okay. Sorry, crackers, mate. It's the same as me, Jace. I still think at the moment the, the flaws in that defence are still a massive, massive concern in terms of a game like this where West Ham have got, you know, players that can inflict damage. Like we saw, like you said, Chris, as well, you know, the fact yeah. that three goals in 10 minutes, it's a worry. 
But all all I would say, Rick, is that whilst whilst those flaws and that are still in us, it is not an excuse to play low block football. Mm. Everyone keeps saying, "Yeah, but you can't play attacking." Look what happened at Everton. But as I say, we've played low block football and drawn one one with Fulham. We lost one nil to Brighton. We lost one nil to Chelsea. We lost to Liverpool playing low block football. It's not as if the difference is we've won eight games out of eight playing low block, and then we've lost five four to Everton. You know, so if you constantly, I mean, as Cracker said, if you sit back in your half and let the other team dictate the play and have 70% of the ball around your box, there's more chances you'll make a mistake around that box. So, you know, that's the difference for me. Go on that front foot, but I fear we won't see that. Mm. Chris, let's come around to you. What kind of Tottenham then, on the back of Jason's question there, what, what kind of Tottenham are you expecting, Chris? Do you think we will see a Spurs team that... Do you play some expansive flying football or do you think Jose will go the other way and pretty much, you know, try to play on the counter-attack to get a result? Because it's a West Ham team that, you know, let's be honest about it, despite the last couple of games, I know where we've said they've they've slipped up in the cup and they've had that poor result to Liverpool. They've still inflicted a lot of damage this season on teams. It won't be easy, Chris, will it? What are you going to go for? Um, I can't predict what Jose Mourinho is going to do and I can't even predict mm. what starting eleven Jose Mourinho will choose. I think it's very, very difficult to read. Um, him. I want to so agree with Crackers with his score prediction. I really, really do. Now, I want to be super positive and say that Tottenham are going to win this game, but I'm completely with you, Ricky and Jason, and, I, and I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. I think that West Ham, you know, are in good form. I think that they will take huge confidence, as I said, um, of having that 3-3 draw at, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium earlier this season and coming back into that game. And uh, I think that Tottenham have just got you know, so many mistakes in them right now, sadly, very, very sadly. And as I say, I, I want to agree with Crackers and say that we're going to win because we desperately need the three points in the Premier League. But I can only see us getting one. Mm. Let's hope, like Richard, it's going to be a nice, pleasant surprise because we all want to be talking about another Tottenham win. Two in a row would be nice. Again, I think that would give us some confidence that, you know, the boys itself, things are back on track. Because again, it's not easy every week discussing the manager's future, discussing the players' performances when it isn't great. And it's been tough, to be fair, the last couple of months on this show. It's all very well when you're winning. It's very, very easy to do. But when you're not getting the results, it makes it to be a very tough show because you can't please everybody. There's some that are still fairly behind Jose Mourinho. There again, there's still some out there that don't believe Jose is the right man for the job. It's not easy, Chris, is it? Let's be honest about it. It's not easy. Well, I think uh, it's all down to Jason because the last time he was on, we won what 4-1 against Wickham. Right. Tonight we've won 4-1. So if you just book Jason every single game, <laughs> we're going to win them all 4-1. Do you reckon it's that easy? It's that easy, Rick. Yeah. I might have to pay Jason to come on to play to, to review this every week. That's any problem. I think we did a deal, didn't we, Rick? I said Wickham and Wolfsburg are due because we shouldn't actually be talking about Jose Mourinho's tactics yeah. in games like that. Yeah, we haven't. But, but Premier League games, no, I've got no interest in talking about low blocks. It's a rule out. There you go. Rick, said, Ricky, never mind you playing Jason if every time he comes on we win 4 1. I think Daniel Levy's going to be shoving blank checks <laughs> through his letterbox if that is the case. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, listen, we are back on Sunday looking, hopefully, at a Tottenham win against West Ham. Let me thank my wonderful panel for tonight, the wonderful Richard Cracknell. Rich, thank you as always, and thank you for actually going for a win against West Ham. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much. Come on, Tottenham Hotspur. Stick it right up the Jerry Dills Munchers pipes on Sunday. <laughs> Let Put them back in their lane. Come on, Tottenham. We can do this. Come on. Love it. Chris, thank you as always. Level-headed, diplomatic. It's not going to be easy, but we'll be back on Sunday.
Thank you, Rick. Lovely to talk to you all. And it's nice to see Jason smiling again. Yes, I must add that. And Jace, always a pleasure to have you on. It's been difficult, Jace. It's been very, very difficult this season, as you know, where, you know, at the start of the season, we're all sitting here counting the amount of trophies we're going to win. Now we're just hoping we're going to finish with at least one and hopefully the top four, which at the moment, it's looking tough. It is, but let's just hope, you know, we pulled a plug out that bubble-blowing machine of theirs and, <laughs> and they're left with absolutely nothing other than their purple carpet. You know, they talk, keep talking about Tottenham's trophies, but I don't I don't remember seeing West Ham win too many trophies in recent years, have you? No, I mean, this obviously is where one on Sunday, so we need to get that result first and foremost. Listen, the wonderful panel there of the last one on Spurs. Listen, guys, keep safe, keep well, most importantly, and as always, come on, you Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network.